Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about the Disney trip we booked for the 50th, uh, extremely optimistically. Uh, Joe Rody retiring, and I suppose some silly shit because we've had some of our just massive fan base mention that they missed that. Hi guys, we're back! Hi, yeah, um, so it has either been, uh, like one and a half weeks or two years, and we can't tell. I have no idea, time is an honestly. I don't know how long, it's, it's been, I, I mean, I would, I'm gonna guess like six months, but I really have no fucking idea. What are you gonna go to our website That's like a normal person? That's the only option here, yeah. Actually check um, the, the... Actually. The last one was posted on the 25th of July. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, you know, well, midsummer. Sorry, folks. Um, we just, well, I mean, the, you know, it's 2020. And I think in the beginning, we hit some issues just with like adapting to the pandemic. And then the news was all bad. And it's not fun to talk about when it's bad. And then... We, uh, moved, <laughs> actually the 25th of July is like right around when we made the offer on this house, isn't right. it? Yeah. yeah. So we, we, from the time when we made the last episode, uh, plunged into buying a new house because the one we were in was too small. Not a good enough recording studio. No, you fuck know. you. God damn it. It was too small because as of, you know, mid-March, both of our companies went full-time remote due to the pandemic, and uh, they both decided that they were staying that way for the foreseeable future. And so because of that, we realized, hey, we can kind of expedite our, or we should expedite our timeline to get a bigger house because we were both working in our bedrooms and for my psyche, that doesn't really work well. So we needed office space. And we also, because of the fact that we didn't have to worry about being near the train, it kind of opened up our uh, ability to to find different places to live. Uh, and so we uh, bought a new house. And uh, it's a little ridiculous. But that's kind of why we haven't necessarily been recording is actually until tonight, we hadn't moved all the recording stuff over. But aside from that, it's just... You get caught up in all the work of trying to buy a new house, and then you get caught up in the work of moving, and we're still not fully moved because we're actually keeping my old house, and um, that and turned into a, an excuse to not move everything. And uh. <laughs> Yeah, and there also it's just that there is a new project that needs to be done every single day, and a dozen every single week, and so... And, like, even if you're sitting you know, on the couch at night, like not doing anything at all, it still feels like if I'm going to use time, I have to do so. Like I got to, I have to go move something. I have to build something. I have and, to go clean this thing out. Like, and by sitting on the couch, you mean sitting on the futon, the futon because we haven't been able to get folks, our actual you cannot furniture delivered. fucking buy furniture right now. If you did not know. Um, so we, or when did we, we closed on the house in early October. And I think like the next week ish, we, we went furniture shopping and the furniture set for the living room won't be here until almost Christmas. Yep. So, if that. 
Yeah, <laughs> my recliner know. might come sooner than that, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but didn't they say they were going to do it all in a batch anyway? No, remember we did two separate orders. So no, I don't fucking that. remember anything because yeah. that was like a whole month ago. It was ago. an age ago. That was a month ago, which feels like it was three fucking years ago because time is a fucking illusion. Yep. Um, yep. So anyway, we, we're, we're terribly sorry. Uh, that, you know, the moving is part of it. The executive dysfunction and ADHD and shit's part of it. Um, on the plus side, I mean, it's not, not none of this is like bad obviously we're really excited to be in a new space but one of the fun things is that in my office i now have two bookshelves and one is just it's the ikea Leica. it's these like half open shelves and uh one is completely all of my disney shit so my magic band holder which is just a bracelet holder with like three rows of magic bands um my lumiere and cogsworth that we got for the wedding a bunch of different souvenir stuff my magic candle company candles all that stuff on one. And then the other is my like, these are my books and my grown up things and my family photographs. So like, Judge I need- me from my bookshelf. Right? Half of it is Tolkien. Um, I need to get a webcam that lets me change my position so that I can like, depending on who I'm talking to, the plan is like, oh, it's fun Val. Oh, it's professional Val. But you know, it's, I mean, it's been, it's definitely been nice and we feel very lucky that we were in the group of folks who were able to keep our jobs and honestly were able to have them become better suited for our lives. In some ways, changing to remote work does end up being hard because you really have to manufacture separations um, of work time and non-work time. And that's part of why it's been nice to have a separate office that's not where I sleep because it was way too easy to say, oh, I'm going to... I have a movie night with my friends tonight. I'll just work until it's time for that and then switch over to the movie, like in my workspace. And it's just. Right. Bleh. And then go to bed in that and same space. And then go to bed space. in the same space. And then yeah. everything is the same all the time. Icky feelings. Icky feelings yeah. that I don't like. Yeah. And, and beyond that, just being able to walk away from that space and shut it down and then not have it invade your relaxation time yep. because you're not. You're not immersed in it, which especially, you know, trying to, to sleep and not think about work stress is really hard when your desk is staring you down. Exactly. My so. monitor was just there across from my bed every night. It was yeah. not great. So that's, that's all done. And we have a new house and, uh, we finally got our stuff set up. So we're back. Uh, and I suppose we should talk about the Disney shit that we said. Oh, that I guess so. Talk about. I guess so. So, uh. As soon as the Pfizer vaccine news came out that it was at 94 or 5% efficacy, my brain went, holy shit, we can go back to Disney. And um, while there is a piece of my brain that is very gently hoping that everything ends up being kind of uh, extremely good and optimistic and we get a lot of people vaccinated really fast uh, and the numbers all go down and we can get there before our annual passes expire in like the first two weeks of April. Uh, that seems yeah, Sam's mind in Sam's mind, at least as a disappointment waiting to happen. So I have not booked anything for that, but if they start rolling out vaccines by December 11th, like they're saying, then maybe I will book something for the spring. Um, but what we did do is book a trip for the 50th, uh, which is September 30th through October 6th, I think is when I booked the trip for. I booked it for decently long because I am 
by then still going to be in very much need a vacation mode because uh, it's been so long since we had one. And so a real one. We're about a to real go one. on vacation. Right. We're about to quotes. take the third week off during pandemic. Wow, is it really the third? third? It is. Yeah, July, yeah, we, September, yeah. December. Although you didn't take September, did you? No, didn't we? There was a week I took off that you didn't. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I think this is the third week that, that we've taken off. Yeah, because I took my birthday week off. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but we're not going anywhere. We're not, we're not the types who do well with the, I rented a cabin and I sat on the lake and I read, or I went to the beach and I tanned and whatever for like uh, that isn't enough to occupy my just ridiculously broken ADHD brain um so I end up just feeling like I wasted time if I do things like that so we've this will be our third week where we've just taken time off and don't get to do anything with it and while it's always good to take time off from work and I highly encourage everyone to do it even if you are working from home because of the pandemic um, it's not the same as taking a proper vacation. And so even if we get to go in April or I don't know, maybe our APs expire and then we renew them anyway and go in May. Um, even if that happens, I'm still probably certainly by, by September, October would be wanting another vacation anyway. And it's the 50th and some folks from, um, Christine Ivy Winters discord were talking about it and, we did a little of the one of us, one of us, and I just, I just booked it. Um, Which, can I just say, there is something really weird, and I'm sure people listening kind of get this and, like, identify with it, but there is something really weird and different about just having a trip planned. Mm-hmm. It, it felt sort of very strange to not, and this is, I mean, I, I apologize for for showing our privilege here, but it felt very strange to not have something planned no matter how far out it was because there was just so much uncertainty as to when things might even be safe that nothing was a safe bet. Like we had no right, idea. Right. It felt like, why would we even book something until we got some word on vaccination because the pandemic's just been getting worse. Numbers are spiking literally everywhere. Um, and we're lucky that, that, I mean, I don't know about yours as much as mine. Yours has been stable at least, but my industry has skyrocketed because I work in e-commerce. Yeah. So like there's, you know, it's been busy. I'm not in a position where, while my company did a layoff at the beginning of all of this and sort of a, a preemptive layoff, I think we've since hired back as many heads as we laid off because we're in fucking e-commerce. So, right. um, we've been very fortunate to have stability in that regard. But until there was some stability feeling about the pandemic and like maybe there would be a fucking end someday, it really didn't feel like we wanted to book anything. And, you know, I didn't keep our April trip to reschedule it. I, we canceled and, and I didn't want it to be something where I booked something for a couple months out and then canceled or moved it. And right. Like, that would have felt way that worse have felt to have to awful, keep canceling. Just yeah. awful. So, so we basically just, um, we did book a 50th trip. Um, a bunch of the folks from the, you know, Ivy winter slash almost sort of like the unofficial Tomorrowland transit authority podcast discord. Um, a bunch of the folks from there are kind of going, we have, there's a nice little community there. Um, They've done a good job of building building a little community. Um, and so 
all of us kind of were just like, you know, like, well, you guys are going and it'd be cool to go also if I can and maybe we can all meet up and whatever. So um, we just, we booked that trip and I think, did I book it at Pop? I think I booked it at Pop because you can't book it. Now, there's a piece of my brain that was like, I'm just going to stay at the Polynesia, but you can't book there because it's still closed. So, and, and, or like Port Orleans, which is our normal go-to for like a moderate, um, the resorts that are closed right now, you still can't book for out into the future. Um, they are, they did announce, and I think this was part of why I booked, they announced that park hopping will be coming back. I don't remember if that was before or after I booked, but we kind of figured it was by, right around the same yeah, time. We yeah. kind of figured that by the time we went, they would. Um, and it's different. It's, you know, you have to make a reservation for one park and you have to go to that park and then you can hop to a second park, like whatever. And Which I, is different, but it's still it's like something. having anything resembling the park hopping. Well, park hopping that we're used to is so important because like, like you said so many times while we were preparing, uh, for, the potential that there were permanent changes that we would never get back is Disney without park hopping feels almost not worth it because of yeah. how hard it would be for us to make sure that we hit all of the things that are important to us without having to have like a 14 day trip. Yeah. And to just like maximize our time you know. and stuff and, and to not worry about what's going to happen if I lose half a day because my body stops working. Like, right. Park hopping is a core part of that. And to me, the other issue is that, like, I paid for that with my annual pass. And so to not be able to do it, the idea kind of sucks. And hopefully by the time we go, the fucking park reservation shit won't matter. And you will be able to hop whenever and wherever the fuck you want. Because hopefully by then, with a sane administration running the country and good vaccines and people actually giving a fuck about each other... We might have gotten past... Let's not go crazy. Look, I'm being terribly optimistic (laughs) that we might start caring about other human beings, but that's really... The the dream is that by the time we go, it'll be more back to normal because I... mm, Even... I say basically that if I lived down there, I would probably go because it wouldn't be much more of a risk than going in public anywhere um, and probably safer than most places. But I, I don't... I wouldn't, if I could teleport down there right now, I wouldn't. If I could avoid the part that scares me the most, which is the plane, I still, just because you it's, you can't, there are people in a tube and it seems very dangerous. <sighs> Normally people get like sick from being on a plane. Never mind right now. Um, even without that part of it, if I could just teleport down there, I don't think that I would go because the experience would be so radically different. And for me, I want it to be an escape from the real world and it wouldn't be. So hopefully by the 50th, it'll be back. Whereas I wouldn't go down there for entirely different reasons in that, yes, if I live down there, it might not be much riskier than other things, except for the fact that there are people coming from all over the country, you know, joining their vectors of virus in one, in one place. So there is this bonus risk and... I figure if people can't even be considerate enough to not walk 11 people wide as their whole party across a path, they're not going to be considerate enough to think about anybody else's health in the park. I mean, you haven't necessarily been paying attention to the news then because all of the news out of it has been that they've been doing a good job of enforcing all the masking stuff and they will fuck you up if you don't have it over your nose and shit. Like, that's the thing for me. I'm saying if I was down there, if I lived down there, 
and was already going to be at risk from that and similar things. And this is also more what I was thinking towards the beginning before people were traveling much and it would have all just been like Floridians then that's the same risk level I would have by going to the grocery store. I'm now just laughing because you what what was what did you say they if you they don't put your if you don't put your mask over your nose they'll what? I don't know. Fuck, I lost it. They they've been kicking your ass. I don't know. They've yeah, been... I I just whatever you said, whatever you said um just like it evoked this image of of like a like goofy just chasing people down and tackling them if yeah, they're not wearing their masks probably. correctly. They'll and fuck that's you kind up. of what I want. They'll fuck you up. Like but that's that's kind of the thing. That's why a friend of ours just went to uh Walt Disney World like a couple weeks ago from Massachusetts. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this sounds terrifying. Like it's it to me is a terrifying idea. And she posted today that she felt safer there and on the two planes to get there and back than she did at the Danvers Market Basket. Because oh, people- Market Basket's well, been fucked. Market Basket, Walmart, any grocery yeah. store. Like the thing is, being outside with masks on, distanced, does feel safer than a fucking grocery store right now. Yeah. Just does. Yeah. So it, it's, I think it's, I think- all told, I'm obviously not going to go down there until it really feels safe. But the the vaccine news at least put the spark of hope in my brain that it is possible that perhaps sometime within the next year um, we'll manage to get down there. So yep, and the fiftieth is the the best possible excuse to say this is it. This is when we're definitely booking for because yeah. that's something where if it's even remotely possible. We want to be there for it. And I was there for the 25th. Right. So I I was, I think I was the tail end of the 25th. And that was the cake castle, right? That was the fucking Pepto-Bismol pink Michael Eisner cake castle. <laughs> and, um, and apparently Spectro Magic. I always think that I saw the Main Street Electrical Parade, but I literally cannot have because it was not running when I was there. So, uh. Spectro Magic is is what I saw. Oh, speaking of that, I need to fund that uh, at Charity Land, which I'm going to do a tiny plug for here. Go to charityland.gives because Rob plays uh, Kevin Perjure from Defunct Land and Disney Dan are doing Charity Land again this year. Um, and it's awesome. Raising money for Give Kids the World Village. Um, and this year uh, they're doing a like a parade live stream and you can donate towards specific parades being shown. So I closed the gap the other day on the Main Street Electrical Parade and on, um, there's a Christmas Day parade from I think 1989 that has Kermit the Frog like in it and interacting with kids um, and people. And uh, I guess I probably should also make sure Spectro Magic does get funded because I apparently yeah. saw that parade and don't apparently. remember. So again, it's charityland.gives. Um, and they, they basically live stream for a number of hours. And this year it'll be just a live stream of, of all of these different Disney parades chosen by the audience. And they're so fun. Like it's, so, it's, it's so much fun. Every time Dan laughs, I just laugh because he has the most like just unrestrained glee kind of laugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I seriously doubt that anyone listening to this, that of, of our 12 viewers, that any of <laughs> viewers. them, have, I know, viewers, <laughs> They can see you, Val. You didn't know. Um, Fuck. 
I seriously doubt that any of them are not already aware of Right, of but if Dan, you're not, but, do but it up. Especially this year, uh, when we've really needed a good chuckle, he has helped provide oh my the God, right kind he's of, been so of levity. So. Yeah, so, yeah. So, Charityland is a cool thing that Spectre Magic reminded me of, and... This is the ADHD podcast. <laughs> yes, this is one topic that has gone about eleven different directions. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, if you're gonna go down there, let us know. You know, if you're planning on being there for the fiftieth, let us know. Maybe we'll meet up if we're all there on the same. Obviously, our park reservations for the actual fiftieth anniversary, October first, are in Magic Kingdom. So, see you there. In our next topic, a thing that I am simultaneously happy and sad about, uh, Joe Rody, the, among a lot of other things, like the guy who designed the animal, like the whole animal kingdom, uh, is retiring on January 4th. And I am really happy for him as a human being. Uh, and I'm sad for what it might mean for the Walt Disney Company and Walt Disney World in particular, because I feel like he, I know there are folks out there who are like way more up on all the different Imagineers who have worked with the Disney Company and who still work with the Disney Company. But I feel like he, to me, feels like a piece of a very specific era Um that I'm a little bit sad to see go because especially under the leadership of someone like Bob Chapek, um, I worry about the parks anyway. And then without Joe Rohde, who is going to give that sort of independent, not always IP driven um, direction for the parks? And I don't mind IPs, but he really was so creative and I just, I'm a little scared. Yeah, I think also Animal Kingdom is a really magic and special place for us and for you especially. And I have this feeling, and this is just a feeling because I, I am not there. It's not like I've ever interacted with any of these people. But I, I feel like Joe absolutely, you know, went to bat to defend anything that he felt like was a really core and important part of Animal Kingdom anytime they considered changing anything or pushed anything. Because I know, like, as lead designer, you have a, a lot of, you know, say over what lands in your park and what doesn't and everything. But he's been working on a lot of different projects since then. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's always had his hands in, in direct management of those pieces. Um, but you know he was tuned in and, like, leaning in and going, you know, hell no, not, right, not right. an animal kingdom. It's about the animals or whatever, you know. Right. So, and, and I think... I think that I, I guess what I'm hoping is that there will be enough people who have really been inspired by him by working with him and have really sort of started to embody his beliefs in a way um, that that the things that he brought to various parks and uh, you know properties that he worked on will continue to sort of have that influence carried on in his tradition. Um, because I do think that there are some, some really cool things about Animal Kingdom specifically that are just 
one of a kind in in the Disney experience. Just a, so many so many little things about the way that it was designed and and the you know again the focus on live animals but mixed with really great shows and rides or I should say formerly with great shows until they mm. open them again please they so, fucking better they better they better i'm we're still going on about that but i wonder if they'll still do like the tiffins talks like yeah. if they'll just have him come back and do tiffins talks cuz he just like he was just <sighs> well and i couldn't go to tiffins without thinking about him specifically exactly. too you know and that was it still is one of like my two favorite restaurants it's the best. On property. It's the best. So, it's so good. He and his his beautiful and terrifying earring. I know. I love it so much. And then every time I see footage of him, I'm just completely horrified that it's about to tear <laughs> out of his poor ear. But he's just, and he like, and he's just such a lovely presence on social media. Like he posts lovely things on Twitter. Yeah, he's one of the and good ones. And he makes these you know? like beautiful posts on Instagram and like he's just I just well and even his his like post on Instagram about leaving too was just this lovely thoughtful post where you couldn't help but think about everything that he has given to the company and his career and how much he deserves to get to take a break and do the things that he wants to do right. that aren't just a continuation of that. Right. And honestly, I really hope one of those things is, is writing a book. Um, I would, I would love to read his thoughts um, because he's such a, such a, a interesting character, you know? And he's like, he's 65 and that is like a, that is a, the traditional retirement age in the U.S. And I'm like, he's one of those people who I just really, truly hope lives until he's 115 years old. Like, I hope that he has so many more years that he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. Because he's just, he's done so many cool things. And he's been such a positive force in general. And like, just in my Twitter feed. And I just love him. And... I'm very happy that he's retiring and also just very apprehensive about what this means for like the Chapic driven Walt Disney company. Because as we've seen through this year, there were a lot of things early on where it seemed like the Disney company was being good to its employees and like, you know, trying to keep people employed, getting them on their unemployment and trying to keep people furloughed instead of eliminating stuff. And then, the like 28,000 person layoffs came and like right after they had restored exec salaries and no exec salaries were not going to, um, that, that wasn't necessarily going to close the gap for all of those thousands of people, but it just felt like such a shrewd move of like, well, this makes it look better for the stockholders. And again, having been through a layoff in my own company earlier this year, like, yeah, that's all that it's about. It's not usually about uh, actually being in dire straits. It's usually about making it look better for the shareholders. Um, And that's what this really felt like. And, and, you know, again, a presence like a Joe Rohde feels much more like that, that, 
piece of the company that actually seemed to care about people and not just profits. And obviously all companies are out to make a fucking profit and I get it, but it's just a lot, it's an awful lot of people to, to lay off when you're a huge profitable company that's done, you know, better than necessarily expected during the pandemic. And it's just, I'm just tired of this year and, um, yeah, I just, I hope that there's another, obviously not another Joe Rody cause that's not how it works, but I hope that there are still Imagineers out there who will kind of carry on the legacy of, of these, uh, original works, um, in, in the way that he did. And I, I mean, I think a lot of Imagineers got caught in the layoffs and shit this year too. So who even fucking know? Maybe the next one was in that group, but, um, you know. Yeah. Only time will tell, I guess. And, you know, for now, again, uh, I, I am just happy that he, he gets his deserved break and we can yep. continue to celebrate the things that he worked on. And just in reading about him after this announcement, um, I realized that I kind of want to go to his resort in Hawaii now because it looks really cool. It reminds me a lot of some really cool things about Animal Kingdom. So just food for thought, Val. That's an awful fucking long flight, Sam. Yeah. Can they just like knock you out? Yeah, just give me really heavy (laughs) sedatives. A separate topic or a third topic that I forgot to mention or that it's a spin-off topic of the Joe Rody one is that they did fucking close Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo on a more permanent basis at the Animal Kingdom. And I am here to say that I am going to write a strongly worded letter if after all of this they don't bring those two shows back. Because there are shows that went in those cuts like the Beauty and the Beast one from Hollywood Studios, which was cute for kids, but was not what I would call as a person who does community theater, even on the level of most community theater that I've seen. There are some cute costume tricks, but it's mostly sort of like half lip synced and recorded music. And it it just, it needed that. I can see needing kind of an upgrade to, to be more with the times, but Finding Nemo the Musical is a legit fucking musical. It's phenomenal. And it's really good. Festival of, the, Festival of the Lion King was always packed every time I went to it. So those aren't shows that to me seemed like, oh, they were really suffering and needed. Like those I hope, I hope this was not an excuse to perm close them or replace them because they weren't showing signs that they needed replacing. Well, in Festival of the Lion King especially, like I know that we are Disney adults and, and everything, <laughs> but my favorite thing about Festival of the Lion King is how into it all of the kids get, especially for the oh, audience yeah. participation parts. Like that show is a blast for truly everyone of all ages. I got to stand up once and do the elephant. Yep. Um, and it is still one of my favorite park memories. Um, and I... I love a lot of the live music at Disney. You know, there's, what are they, the Dapper Dans? Is mm-hmm. that a thing? Yep. Um, there's <laughs> Voices of Liberty, yep. obviously, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
probably still my favorite live voices in all of Disney property are the leads in Festival of the Lion King because they are just incredible. They're excellent. Consistently incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look forward to that every time because the show is such a spectacle between the, you know, acrobatics and fire and yes. voices and huge puppets. Yep. Like, I'm so here for it. It's great. It's a really great show. And I really hope that it was a temporary cut and that they do bring it back. Because if it turns out that it was a, we're cutting this forever or we're cutting it and replacing it with something that's less good. Like, that show was a, like, a multidisciplinary showcase of all kinds of different performers and I hope that it comes back and you know the luau and stuff I can again that's one that I love the luau but I feel like I can see it being a little more maybe this needs an update um but I just really hope that those those don't last when when not if when god damn it everything has to go back to normal sometime when things go back to normal It's time for the Silly Shit in Disney Films Corner! This one is stupid. They're all stupid. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what? That's the name of the segment, kids. Um, How the fuck does the, the piano playing Ruffian and Tangled keep playing the piano after he made all of the fucking keys fly off with his hook? Yeah, have a fucking theory about that one, you dick. I, I don't know if I do. Like you the can't. the only thing I can really really like chalk it up to is that I've noticed that musical instruments, but especially pianos in anything animated tend to be just a lie. Like yeah. there's it's just one of those like I'm sorry, but physics and especially, you know, physics of musical instruments just don't work that way. Yeah, it's just... It's such a trope, but... Um, it's just like... He he has a hook, a big old metal hook, and he does a... What's it called when you just go from one end to the other of the piano? There's a word for that. I don't play the piano, I was never trained to play the piano. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the. Make it. Hey, with Google, your voice. what's that thing called that you do with the piano? <laughs> play? No, it's a, um, it's not, it's, it's a word like a, it's not a riff and it's not like a trill. Is it a trill? It's like a slide? Uh, is it a slide? I don't know. We're about to find out oh, with a, an e-how on YouTube. <laughs> Why is it always like some weird white dude? Glissando! It's called a fucking gliss. It's a glissando or a gliss is what it's called. So he does a glissando, but all the keys fly off of the piano, and then he returns to playing the song and you hear him hitting all the notes. So the keys fly off and do not return to the piano. No, they like fly off the edge of the piano. Maybe, okay, so I have a theory. Oh, no, you, you can't have a theory. I have a theory. So this piano 
accidentally had one of its strings replaced with with Rapunzel's hair, which gave it additional powers. So those piano keys were just the piano's baby teeth. And no. When it oh did my the god! Glyphs, no. Then more came out of it. No. Look at him. Watch him. Watch him. All right, he takes him a minute. You're gonna see what I'm talking about. Look at them all! They hit her! They, they, they hit her! She holds up the fucking pan because the keys are gonna hit her in the face and he just keeps playing! That was like half the keys from that piano! So I have another theory. Oh my God. He just uses his hook to, to pluck the strings or to actuate the hammers. <laughs> He's like a guitar pianist. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's just like, what did you, uh, you thought that that was going to look cool, but you didn't think about what the implication would be if he destroyed half the keyboard with his glissando. Okay, I have another theory. It's a good word. No, you can't have three theories yes, in I one can. segment. I absolutely God. can. Okay, so my actual theory is that it was edited for time and the extended director's cut that will never be released actually has the whole scene stopped so that he can go and painstakingly pick them all up and place them back on the keyboard before the all song right, continues. Folks, well, it was fun while it lasted, but this is now going to be a solo podcast moving forward. <laughs> uh, recorded, uh, edited, and all of that by Val. And uh, Sam is fired from everything. For his stupid ass bullshit fucking theories. That's not even a theory. Like you can't call that like, oh, here's my, like. It's not an in-universe Here's a good in-universe but... justification. No, what I think is actually that there's a director's cut out there where they spent probably like a number of thousands of dollars to animate him painstakingly putting each key back onto the piano before resuming playing. Why not? It'd be a funny guy. You don't write those fucking paychecks. That's why not. <laughs> They ain't gonna fucking pay for that shit. Oh, uh, they pay for a lot of stupid jokes in movies like that. That's fucking true. They're getting stupider as time goes on. Or I'm just old. It's also possible that I'm just old. Yeah. Not the target demographic of these films. Weird. You can't make faces as a response, Sam. It's a podcast, not a YouTube channel. Okay. I told well. you, we have viewers. No, we, fu we, we fucking better not have viewers because we live in the middle of the goddamn woods. One of these days, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to actually do a, a live recorded version of this podcast just so that then we have nobody who wants to watch or listen to right. it Right. Like, oh, oh, we Ooh. thought that we wanted Ooh. that. No. Mm. Well, folks, that's been our show. <laughs> hey, we recorded a podcast, though. That's Be pretty careful good. what you wish for. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thank you for listening uh, to our weekly podcast that definitely gets recorded weekly. And stays extremely on track and on topic at all times and never rambles. Yes, because we're very organized about our topics. Extremely. So organized. We have a whole staff that takes care of it. I got folders. Yeah. And then our editing crew goes and cleans up everything that we screw up. Yep, all of it. Every every single little fucking piece. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
thank you for listening. If you are still listening and have not thrown your fucking device out the window for how ridiculous we are. Uh, again, uh, if you're going to do a 50th trip, let us know. Uh, tweet at us at Bored and Sassy on Twitter, boredandsassy at gmail.com. Uh, or we have a contact form on the website, boredandsassy.com. Uh, and remember to go to charityland.gives to participate in charity land and we'll raise money for give kids the world and stuff. Yeah. We'll put links and all that, but, uh, remember to do that thing. It's a good time. Um, and thanks so much for listening have a great night. Bye. Bye. Oh, shut up cliff. You're really not doing a great job of... Nope. You suck, Ehow. That was... You have to cut that part, because that was dumb. Because you... <laughs> you just clicked through the whole video! This is the way. Mandalorian's fucking boot!